Hey, what's going on? This is Jam and Philly, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. The time is now to chase your dreams and find happiness. To help you on your chase, here's Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And thank you so much for tuning into season two of Chasing Dreams. This is going to be a good one, guys. It is so good to be back in the, I guess, my studio in front of the mic speaking to you and bringing you amazing guests for this season. So to kick it off, I brought two amazing guys who are some of my favorite people in the world. They are the founders of Outer Voice Records, Jim and Philly. They are amazing. They are talented. I'm biased because we are family. So let me say that up front. But when I saw the journey they were taking, I knew it was one that I wanted to share with you guys as you may find a lot of lessons that we learned together and that they've learned on their journey and dream chase. So check it out. Hey, Jam and Philly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for helping us kick off season two of Chasing Dreams. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Now, Jam, you've been on the show before. Philly, this is a new experience for you. But for both of you, this is a new experience because together you guys are just kind of starting off on this interview circuit. You started an amazing uh, record label, Outer Voice Records. You're doing amazing things, which I never had a doubt, right? I'm biased (laughs) as well, right? We're family, so I'm biased. But... You know, as soon as I saw you guys blowing up the way you are, working hard the way you are, changing lives the way you are, but most importantly, following your passion, I knew you had to be on the show. It was, there was no doubt about that, right? Um, So let's, let's start with the most important question. And I'm going to ask it of each of you. When you were younger, let's say it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, but when you were like 10-year-old Jam, 10-year-old Philly, what did you want to be? It's a good Ten, question. That is a good question. Um, 10 years old, what was that, fourth grade? I think, I either, I think honestly, I mean, in typical Indian fashion, I think I wanted to be, it was either a doctor mm-hmm. or some type of engineer. I remember because I was really obsessed with like the Lego robotics and building stuff and programming. So it was honestly, you know, those are actually the two things at a younger age. Mm-hmm. You normally don't hear that, but at the younger age, I was actually interested in being a doctor or an engineer. So what about you, Jim? I think that, I no, I think for me, I, um, I don't know if I had a, a dream job. I think the one thing I knew that I liked was um, making stuff, like like starting things and organizing people around things. Like True. I had this club with some friends where we like made this treehouse, and then we like we it was it was like this fake little business we had. We weren't even selling anything. We called ourselves a business, but I just knew I think early on that I just liked the idea of gathering people around an idea. Literally, that's all I knew I liked for a very long time. I would say even in college, I was studying stuff, but I feel like for a while, that's really all I knew that I was that (laughs) passionate about. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second, because Philly, you used an interesting phrase, like a typical Indian, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of the things, what you're doing right now with Outer Voice Records as singers, right, as musicians, as songwriters, is not a typical Indian experience, which I hate to say, because Mm -hmm. 
we often forget that India has is a place of beautiful music, has beautiful songs, right, in all languages and dialects. And we just kind of mark them as um, unique, eccentric, mm-hmm. rare. But exactly. here you are doing it here, yeah. right? It, as your passion, as your pursuit, yeah. it's not typical. How did we get to this point? You, you know, I, I think it's so interesting you, you say that because I think yeah. that there's almost the culture of India and of South Asia, right? And then there's the culture and, um, you know, environment of South Asians when they come here to America, right? Because I think those are so distinct because I think you're so right. There's, when you just talk about India or South Asia, there's such a rich culture of music Mm -hmm. and arts. I think the, the nuance is when the community comes here, uh, you know, there's, there's a, quick need for stability, right? Typically, you know, Im- immigrants need to establish themselves and and there's not much security or promise of those return on investment in the arts or in music. And so I think we benefit. I think the first answer to the question is, how did this happen? It happened because of our parents, right? Because they came here, you know, so that we could be born here and take yeah. risks that they couldn't take, right? So I think the first easy answer that's the no-brainer for me is that it happened first because they they did what they did. And then I think, you know, maybe a little unconventionally even when we think about the community is they actually did have quite a strong encouragement for the arts. Um, my mom being really into us learning classical piano, um, my dad being a guitarist and singer himself, so him mm-hmm. wanting that for his kids. Uh, so they both actually really enjoy the idea of us learning arts they definitely didn't think we'd be taking it this seriously uh so just to clarify still supportive yeah still super supportive yeah but but to their credit yeah definitely supportive and and when we hear from friends in our or other people in our community we know that's not always uh the case so we consider ourselves grateful for just the encouragement in the first place from them So one thing you guys are not is new to the music industry uh, informally, right? Right. In the sense that you've performed, you've written music, you've done it for years. It's not like you picked it up just yesterday, right? You talked about how your mom and dad supported you. They have the background. I know you've been talented. Again, I've said I'm biased. But (laughs) Jam, you you had a musical group in college. Philly, you are now in college do you have a musical group or is this you know, your focus I, the the musical group is jam and philly now that's mm. that's what we're pouring all resources into um yeah you know it's honestly like i never say i always say that that i'm full-time an artist and and you know record label manager exec and then also full-time student i don't like splitting the jobs i think i'm doing both of them honestly 100 percent all the time so that's that's my main extracurricular though when you look at everything i'm doing if i'm not in in class i'm working on the label or i'm working on the music see what's interesting is that perspective and mindset Oftentimes people feel like they have to fill one or the other. You can't really do both. So that's an interesting mindset that you've just stated because people think I have to sacrifice one or the other. I mean, when you went to school, Jim, was granted you had a group, granted you guys sang amazing, right? 
was music a record label even on the horizon of what I want to do in the future? For the majority of college, definitely not. Mm. Definitely not. I was, um, and you know this because I stayed in your house for one of them. For two of my summers, I was in D.C. I was, you know, pre-politics, pre-law, right. pre-policy. One of those, I was pre-something in D.C. I don't know. I, I was there because I think I was enjoying the impact of the work, but I, I wasn't really finding the creativity or you mentioned passion, right? I wasn't really finding the passion in it, but it, it, it was, you know, um, sort of good enough. Um, and then came a very, very, I think, God sense uh, yeah. escape in the form of this viral video, which we can talk more about. And that viral video at the end of 2019, got me in touch with Converse, the shoe company. And then that started this whole uh, expansion of, of what a career could be in my mind. It was, it was sort of this, like almost this gate had been lifted around, uh, you know, the possibilities of what a job can be, what a career can be, how you can realize passion in a profession and, and you know, the, these things. So for the bulk of college, totally not. And then at the end, I got lucky to have some people sort of show me what it could look like. So let's talk about that viral video real quick. For those who are yeah. unfamiliar yeah. with it, how did it happen? What happened? Crazy. So, uh, one of the, the things that I was the least disillusioned about, I mentioned sort of what I was studying, what I wanted to do, that was a little foggy. But what I did know that I wanted to do going into my junior year was run for student body president on campus. I had uh, just been really engaged around areas of diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. on campus. I, I made a lot of great friends. I felt like I had a decent pulse on, on the student body um, and I felt like I could represent them in leadership if, if given the opportunity. So I decided with a friend named Ify, shout out to Ify, uh, that we were going to run together. Part of that was trying to get creative, which we were both artists and, and musicians. And so we said, there's a crowded field here. It was like five tickets running. We need to differentiate ourselves in some kind of cool way. So we had some some very helpful, talented friends, and we got together and we created this music video, um, sort of a campaign song, a rap video. We danced around a little bit, lots of fun, good vibes. And we put it out in our college Facebook group. So I think is the only place we're putting it out. But if his brother finds the video, he loves it. He decides he's going to put it on his Twitter where he had just a couple hundred people, uh, yeah. you know, just friends, close friends, you know, not nothing uh, – no real audience, but how these things go, how these algorithms work, we wake up and Twitter's got us for a million hits. So the, the, and the rest is history. Really what happens then is we win the election, which was a blessing. We uh, get a bunch of cool press, which was another blessing. And uh, we land on the desk of the chief marketing officer of Converse. He, like a lot of people, sees this video mm -hmm. and, um, sees something in it that uh, we still to this day, I don't really know, his name is Jesse, a really good friend of mine now, don't really know what got him yeah. so invested and excited. But I yeah. am so thankful he did because it changed our lives and it, and it got us into a position of working with Converse as a brand. And a few months later, after a few different conversations and, and influences, having the idea and the means to, to launch our record label today. So it really all came off of the back of that discovery through that video. There's something that you both said. 
that I want to kind of touch on and I'll, I'll do it generally, right? Unlocking the gate around a potential possibility. Yeah. The fact that you guys are close to your family, right? You have this possibility. It's opened up. Your eyes are now, right? It's one of those things. Now that I know about it, I can't put it away behind the curtain. I can't lock it behind a door. I know I could do this. Why yeah. not me? Right. It, I, I'm not yeah. trying. I want you to tell me how you're feeling, but this is what I'm thinking you kind of going through. But what I want to know is now that this gate has been moved, the your eyes have been open to this possibility. What is that conversation with your family? Did you have a conversation with your family? Because I think some people who are listening are like, it's none of their business. But I know that in our family, we're all very close and we respect our parents. Their thought is important to us. We never want to hurt them. But there's a balance, right? And I think a lot of kids struggle with this to the point that you said, right, I, I can run because my parents started putting the path forward, right? So how do you have this conversation? Was it one conversation? Did you drop gems and be like, you know, start playing some of your songs in between here and there, just so that kind of, what was it that you guys went through? Yeah, I can start maybe. I'm sure we have similar experiences. It definitely was a conversation because because of that value that we have for their Mm -hmm. opinion, because of the gratitude we feel. And I said before, I think, you know, they were encouraging of the arts, but by no means were they uh, thinking we would pursue Mm -hmm. it as a career. And I think I'll be honest, I don't think they necessarily wanted us to pursue it as a career, you know, even even as much to their credit, uh, you know, of of the support they did show. I think uh, obviously they still have that uh, um, they still favor security. Right. And, And. there's a lot about this industry. It's it's incredibly competitive. It takes a long time before you see financial returns because you've got to grow a fan base and you've got to put out more and more content. And and there's definitely uh, I, I we've talked to people you know who for a couple of years you're putting out content and you're spending all of yourself yeah. to not really see the bank account really reflecting it at all. Right. That's just the nature of this business, even compared to other startups. You know. And I always tell yeah. people that. You know that it it takes even longer, I think, than a lot of other uh, areas where where entrepreneurs come into. So it was a conversation. I think they liked the way we were pursuing it, which had this sort of business component to it, which had converse, you know, behind the the label and the fact that we were going to be able to be artists, but also be business people and create a little bit of structure for ourselves. I think that, that resonated with them. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. No. Was a conversation we had a few. Hundred percent, it was. Yeah, and I think they definitely took security in the fact that we, you know, we weren't dropping out of school to do any of this. We were still going the traditional route, you know, covering the covering our bases there. Yeah. And I think, especially coming from you know a religious household, I think honestly they kind of saw it as God putting these pieces together and fitting in, you know all the missing puzzle pieces kind of forming the bigger picture. So I think not a lot of people get the opportunity to work with Converse or to meet from the Converse. We then met with a bunch of managers. We got to work with Tyler, the creator uh, and produce a a song with him. Like there were so many opportunities that came from that. And I think it was just my mom and dad seeing that being like, you know what, this is, this is unique. Not everyone gets this opportunity. I think there's something here. Take it. It's, it's a, you know, once in a lifetime type of opportunity, take it and run with it and we'll support you. 
it's interesting because I think there are going to be some dream chasers who are listening, people from um, immigrant families in particular, Mm -hmm. who are like, I wish I could go to my parents the way you guys did. I Mm -hmm. wish I could do that because I want to make it clear for everyone. And and I don't want to make any I don't want people to be like, I guess they felt let's tell them. Did were you scared at all to have this conversation with your parents? Nervous? a little nervous, yeah. a little nervous. I think it was just so, it was so new. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our entire life, we loved music and they knew that we loved music. They encouraged us to love music, but it was always just, it was it was a hobby. It was a side thing. I think, you know, for me coming into college, I only realized that I really wanted to pursue music when all this, the Converse opportunity came probably like two years ago. Coming into college, I was still set on doing, you know, computer science and and economics. I always loved creating things and building businesses. I thought my future was going to be in Silicon Valley and in the tech entrepreneurship space. I thought that was the passion. But I don't know, really quickly, once once the commerce opportunity came along, I realized that the music is what I wanted to do. So I think, you know, going, having that conversation definitely was something I didn't know how to approach per se. But, you know, they were super... They're super open to it. It wasn't anything that yeah. – so it's a fear, honestly. We, I, I think, you know, for me, I was – there was an element to uh, nervousness, I think, when I was telling them. But it wasn't even just in telling them. I think I was nervous, period. You know, because I – especially me, and we talk about this, even yeah. the, the slight distinction between – where we each are in our lives doing this, right? There's something so, and I I used to love it and and totally took advantage of it. There's something so like insulating about being a student. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of an adult, but you're not really in the real world. And so you get to explore so many things and your cushion is, you know, the classes you still go to, you know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. or the dorm you still live on it. There's something sort of uh, protective about it. For me, this started, uh, we launched this in June of this year. I graduated in May. So the, the months before of building this for launch were my, what typically is your senior year recruiting season. And so I was going to those interviews and, and figuring out what I wanted to do post-grad and then presented this opportunity um, for Converse to support this in, in, in a pretty robust way. And then, you know, it, it felt realer, I think, than it might have if, if this was two years ago for me and I was a student in college. It, it felt like a, a bit higher stakes to, to take this risk and mm-hmm. to forego some, some offers and, and jump into entrepreneurship out of the gate, jump into creative entrepreneurship and music at that, right? Which, again, I say that twice only because I think it is really, uh, I, I think the stakes are a little higher and tougher. It, I was nervous, period. I think to some extent, just about my life um, and, and sort of the choice I was making there. I don't regret it by any means, but yeah, I, I feel like I might've been nervous to do it in the first place, more nervous than I was telling my parents about it, if that makes sense. It does a hundred percent. And I think your observation about college and what you can do while in college versus just as you leave college yes, is yeah. spot on as well. And yeah. I think there is a fear. Like, so let me ask you, Philly, were you nervous also doing this or did you feel differently? I was, I was a bit nervous because I knew that there was, I mean, in any endeavor that you take any type of startup, there's an opportunity cost that's had. And I knew that there was going to be, you know, this was going to be my main extracurricular. So as opposed to a lot of my other peers on campus, I probably wouldn't be in the consulting club or, or pursuing any of those other pre-professional clubs because I'd be managing my own business. So I knew I was a little nervous for, for that risk. I knew I wouldn't be like 
most of the other kids there. And there's always some type of concern when you're the odd one out, when you're not doing what everyone else is doing. Hmm. But I mean, all in all, like, yeah, like you said, like so thankful for it. And I do have, at the end of the day, it is one of those things where, I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen. But if if in two years, two, three years, by the time I'm graduating, if it isn't looking like this is going to pan out, like I still have my education to go back on and I can I can pivot there. So I do have a lot of comfort in that fact. Um, but I would say there definitely was a little a little bit of nervousness concern yeah. at the start. I just there's a fear of failure too, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. like let's talk about that, right? Like that's when we true. talk about that's nerves and, and, and fear, you know, there's yeah. one thing to take the leap, but then it's a whole nother thing where you're terrified three years, five years, you look back and I don't want to say it was for nothing because I never think that learning is is for nothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to some extent, it's like <laughs> there's a pretty good chance too, right? Like stat, statistics and odds, especially in, in this business as competitive as it is and how sort of reserved for a few that success is. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, there's the logical argument that this is a tough go, right? But you know, you, but you never know if you, if you don't try, it's cliche, but it's true. And that, that's kind of yeah. a conversation we we found ourselves at, uh, you know, about a year ago is we won't know if we don't try. I'm not sure. And, and I think, um, I think you realize, right. You started a record label, a South Asian record label that off the bat has kind of put you in this category of, things nobody's really ever done before, right? And I'm sure you've gotten feedback from, I can't believe you guys have your own record label. This is amazing. People who are effusive in their praise of amazing work that you've done. I've done it myself, right? So proud of you with how you've done it. But that's just the surface, isn't it? Mm. I think that we see the accolades, we see the social media, and we're just impressed by it. You said you both said something earlier. This is still a long game that you're in. And I think by the fact that you have it alone, people are like, they're making it. What are you talking about? They have a South Asian record label. It's their own. (laughs) They are successful. And I think people get confused, right? When people become singers, musicians, actors, anything in the arts, because we're not familiar with it, that you're automatically Mm -hmm. successful because you said you are that thing or person or um descriptor however you describe it yeah i'm not trying to guys i'm not trying to you know um put you down or away from doing your own thing all right those listening but i want you to understand it is more than just the fact that they own a record label can you guys give a a, a just a sense of what it is that you're doing because you said it's a few years out before we're successful i don't think people understand what that means yeah well Great, great question. Yeah. And I think, you know, totally an area where where there should be more light and information. And and I, I do want to clarify, I think that, you know, I don't even want to be guilty of of that one definition success, right? Where where you know we're just talking about um, the financial success or the or the yeah. money. Cause I, you know, definitely um, there are other ways. Like I, mm-hmm. off the top, you know, I, I think about some messages we were getting from our last song, which was basically the premise was 
a relationship where one person is blind to the infidelity of their partner. And I remember messages we got on Instagram and on, you know, text where people are saying, you know, I have had a friend who just went through this, or I went through something like this. And these lyrics just cut through that as an artist is success, right? Like by all means, that is a very special success, but I think at the same time, when you think about the type of success that you need to sort of support yourself and, you know, to really do this long term as a profession, the issue is, I think nowadays, especially with how digital the music industry has become, there's a very, very few artists who can really make money off of their their streaming and off of their royalties. Because you have some of these big platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, unfortunately, really just give an artist uh i think it's it's about it's a fraction it's of a, a penny. fraction of a penny it's a crazy Point stream. zero zero maybe one zero, zero five, i can't remember so something yeah. like that uh of a, a you know cent per yeah. stream and so that's that's part of the issue is that it takes so many streams it takes such an audience it takes often such a long time to get that critical mass where you're really able to generate uh, money or even apart from streaming you know you need an audience and, and dedicated fans to sell tickets to a show mm-hmm. right that doesn't happen overnight people don't don't uh, buy your ticket you know uh, you know the the first day that you announce I have a label and I'm a singer songwriter right so it takes time to organically grow a lot of these things and to make and put out the music um, that that you need to grow so that's that's kind of what we're getting at it's a it's a delayed return uh, often yeah i think there was um recently t-pain was in the news for talking about yeah of course you guys are record label folks of course you know this for those who who are listening or watching the youtube video uh t-pain tweeted on december 28 2021 how just to make a dollar so to to what they were saying right how it's fraction of pennies pennies essentially not even pennies to make a dollar you have to stream a hundred two hundred and forty nine times on amazon music 128 on apple music 78 on title music 53 on napster right pandora 752 youtube music where most of y'all began your music from Uh to get a dollar for a musician, an artist who is pursuing their passion, you have to stream it 1,250 times. That's yeah. a lot of times, guys. That's a lot of times. And these guys are wow. still like, some of y'all listening are like, that's crazy. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but is it different for you? Like, I know some people are like, that's crazy. I wouldn't do it. When you hear those numbers, what are you thinking? I mean, <laughs> that's a, yeah, you need a lot of streams to get to get money. I think it's all about that. That can certainly, certainly be very discouraging for an artist. I think it's all about what your to kind of go back to your line. Like what is your, what's your measure of success? What are, what's the goal? What are you trying to do? And even apart from artists, I think, like you said, I mean, the success, the biz, biggest success that I'll ever know is when I have friends or anyone that just messages me and like, Hey, your song really resonated with me. I really connect with those lyrics or just randomly, like months after the release, they'll message me like, it's so catchy. It was in my head. I was humming it this morning. Just want to let you know, great work on it. You know, that means the world to me. I think there's two levels of success from the artist side. That's what means the most to me from the label side. Mm, well said. And from the label side, I think this is why we created the label. 
success, honestly, is more than just Jam and Philly. It's much bigger than, than what we're doing. It's, it's not just one-off success of any individual artist. It's a community success. It's building up our community, our culture, so that I'm not to go back to what we were, we were saying at the beginning when we said that, uh, what, what was the wording? It's unique what we're doing or it's it's different what we're doing, right? Yeah. What we're trying to do with Outer Voice is to make it so it's not unique that, that South Asians have this big platform and, and are really excelling in music and entertainment. So I think that honestly is what keeps us going, even despite these discouraging stats and, and numbers where you see that you, you're only making a dollar for, what was it, 1,200 streams on YouTube Music? I think what keeps us going is like, well, you know what, that that sucks, but we got to keep pushing the label because it's bigger than just us. Yeah. It's much bigger. And, and I think, you know, one other thing on, on the business side, and it's funny because um, there's, again, absolutely a logical argument that someone can make to say, why would you try mm-hmm. when these are numbers these are the odds and i know we get these questions all the time we will go (laughs) since we launched this you know we'll go to um you know some sort of function you know and this uncle will come up and and he'll like you know start asking us about the business model of a a record label Mm -hmm. and 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 you know it's funny because you know so how do you make money and then we explain kind of how i how i just said uh you know it takes a while you got to build fans you got to put out music and then maybe you get to the point where there's uh you know enough people to really start monetizing and then he's like okay well what are the margins and and then (laughs) then we give these numbers right and then it's and and i think we get to a point where there's absolutely a lot of reasons not to yeah. But if everyone was logical in the music business, there would be no music business. If everyone was logical in listening to those numbers and the yeah. odds of failure, no artist that we now adore and listen to would have tried. You know, and so I think there is something to be said, and this is in any entrepreneurship. And again, I, I think say, yeah. it's big, really big in, in, in the arts where it's so competitive um, and so coveted for that reason. I think to some extent, you actually have to believe that you have something to give that others would be better to, to listen to. You know, mm-hmm. as an artist, you have to believe that we can make music yeah. and we do make music that others should hear and that we want others to hear and that we think yeah. is good enough for others to hear. And so I think there's there's an extent to which you feel like I what we have is is worth taking that risk and mm-hmm. and you almost need a little bit of confidence um, and we've not only had some good self-confidence I think we've been lucky to receive affirmation mm-hmm. from very key people who have told us and 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 you know really encouraged us to take that risk and I think that affirmation I don't want to downplay that either it's definitely not mm-hmm. all internal there's been some external affirmation that's gone a really really long way for us so many things to talk about right now Let's start with this one, the definition of success, right? It sounds like you guys have different ways of measuring that, that helps keep you kind of in line and grounded. Mm -hmm. Is that, does that help you as you go through this journey, right? Because it's a journey. Any dream you chase is a journey, right? There's ups, there's downs. So does that definition, the fact that it's not all finance, that it's not just the money. Because I think oftentimes people think success is making six figures, seven figures, eight yeah, figures. Yeah. You guys yeah. seem to have different definitions, or at least let me let me change it. You have multiple definitions of success. Right. Totally. Yeah. Does that help with you, especially when we talk about mental health, right? You're doing something. This is not an easy thing you're doing. You're pioneering, essentially. Yeah. How does having these 
different definitions help you through that? I think it helps you not give up after the first year. Or, you know, we're six months in and we're looking at our year end, right, a a couple weeks ago. And... And again, right, we we can be transparent about this. There's no there's no real financial return there yet, you know, because yeah. we're building, because we're growing. And yes, there's this partnership and people are messaging us like that's crazy. And yes, there's there's Converse, and yes, there's all these things, but but again, slow process, right? Delayed return, slow build. And so I think what that multidimensional success uh, lets you do is you know, be grateful for the ways that you have succeeded, the great people and team we have around us, the way that there are people responding to the music, the messages we get of younger kids than us in our community saying they never thought they'd see a label like this, right? Lean into that success. And I think in to an extent, it sort of carries you to hopefully the financial success that eventually that eventually shows up i was gonna say yeah exactly that your last line it doesn't it doesn't stall you Mm -hmm. i think oftentimes when you're just worried about money you just get so hyper focused at everything you do your next business decision your next partnership everything is in you know with the hopes of making that extra buck and i think if you do that you miss out a lot on the mission of and and just the other dimensions of success so i think by not focusing on the money financial aspect I don't know, we're able to exactly what you said. Yeah. You know, reach out to more kids and hear, hear their stories. Just keep making music without worrying, you know, where's the, where's the next paycheck going to come from and kind of just keep going without, at least, at least for now, keep going without worrying about where that, where that money's coming from. Yeah. And I think, you know, and that's never to say that you're not diligent, you know, about, about trying to make money or absolutely creating the opportunities to, um, which, which, you know, we absolutely dedicate ourselves to, setting ourselves up for that that type of success but i think it's important not to let not to let that uh you know lead hold you, progress yeah hold progress and lead yeah. you to give up before before you should be giving up exactly let's let's talk about the fact that um we talked about unique and how you don't want that to be the case right because you're essentially pioneering you're pioneering blazing a path forward for all mm-hmm. of the other South Asians who want to be artists, for all those who want to collaborate with one another. Yeah. That's an intense feeling. That mm. can feel yeah. like a lot. Yeah. Do you ever feel the weight of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think Definitely. when we, going back, I was going to actually add this, going back to when we were talking about um, fear and fear of failure. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of comes twofold. There's definitely the fear of failure from, you know, when you're talking to, to family members around and different friends and, you know, they're the ones that are hyping you up. They're like, this is like you're saying, they see it on Instagram. Like, this is so cool. You guys are going to be huge, all that. Like, you don't want to disappoint them, right? That's, that's one side of it. But then there's this other side that's much bigger, which is, you know, we're trying to create this institution and trying to create a legacy and you don't want to fail the community. You don't want to fail, or at least what we feel we'd be, maybe other people wouldn't think of it like that. You know, maybe they wouldn't even know, know of us like that, but we would feel like we're failing the community and not doing our, our part in, in helping progress. Yeah. I, I think if we had gone about our building process of launching the label uh, in more of an isolated way, yeah, it might feel like more of a personal failure and potential for failure. But I think we, 
immediately decided that because we wanted to brand as this South Asian American label, the only way we could really do that authentically is to go create relationships within the South Asian American community, yeah. create partnerships with different types of brands that were already in the space. Um, and, and, you know, really, uh, you know, yeah, know the people that, that make up this community to some extent. And so I think because yeah. we did that in our team, in uh, creating this large mentor network that we've had of a bunch of just incredible South Asian professionals in entertainment and music um, who have been helpful to us and who also are really excited about what we're doing and who have invested, not only invested their time and energy, but sort of invested some of their hopes in in what we're doing, right? And and who really, really want this for us and for the community. Definitely, there's a fear of not coming through almost for the community and, Mm -hmm. and taking on some of that pressure there. Yeah. So yeah, I think the short answer is yes, there is some of that. I, I think I asked that because I think oftentimes the pressures from others weighs on us, yeah. especially mm-hmm. when we chase a dream, when we try to figure out what our passion is, right? The pe- pressure of expectations as yeah. South Indians, the pressure of expectations as the first generation in the U.S., right? You made yeah. an amazing observation about the difference between South Asians here and South Asians in India where pursuing music is actually probably an honor and Mm -hmm. what they're doing there. Whereas here, people like that uncle at the function who asked you the question, their mind is, but how is their security? Because they may be thinking, my child wants this also. Mm. What can I tell them? Because it's not secure. But I had a conversation with Jam and Philly and they said this, right? And and that's kind of, the thing, this is the new conversation is like, okay, there's a new generation who have other options outside of doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. How, what do I, how do I consider that? And that's that conversation you have with the uncle, but yeah, it's not your responsibility to, to help every single person. But I think unknowingly you yeah. are, which is a yeah. good thing. I just want to make sure as your Chechi and, and as a friend that you take care of your mental health at the same time, right? Because I think there's, it's a journey. Yeah. And for all those who are listening, who are doing something different from what your parents want you to do, who are doing something different because you've just jumped and there is no cushion at the bottom. And you're like, what am I going to do? You got to figure out what works for you and how you take care of yourself amongst all of this. So that yeah. being said, how do you take care of your mental health in this journey of unknown? Yeah. Can I say really quick yeah. to jump back? Cause I think there was something you said that was so interesting where, where you f- gave a, a perspective I never thought of with that uncle where, where you said, was, you know, that yeah. uncle could be, you know, curious because his kid just said, I love music, dad, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's so interesting because I've never thought of it. And, and maybe this is something embedded in our culture or understanding when our elders come and ask us those questions. I think my lens is always that he's trying to critique or criticize yeah. and not that he's trying to learn. Right. And so yeah. I think that's, that was, I, I, sorry, not to die. No, 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 no. So you said that before. And I was like, that was, let's talk so about that for a second because yeah. uh, we'll come back to the mental health. Let's talk about that for a second because it's an understandable thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My thought was that very first thing, like, oh, judgy uncle came over, right? Yeah. Judgy uncle. Yeah. But then I, I don't know why. I think it's because you're blazing this path. They're yeah. not sure. How does the older generation, who want yeah. to be supportive, figure out and learn, hmm. right? My my parents, in doing this podcast, no idea what's yeah. happening. 
right? They're like, they're praying and they're like, God, please be with Amy and her podcast thing. May it go well. Right. That's, that's all they know to say, because they don't know the details, right? They don't know how it works. What, what is a good thing? It's not like I get graded, right? So they just take my word for it. I could be lying to them for all they know. And they're just supportive, just like your parents, not sure what's happening, but trust that you guys are doing what you want. And I think this next generation, they're trying to figure it out. And so it's, it's your ambassadors of a sort as well. Yeah. Mm. In that yeah. sense. Yeah. It's a really good perspective. Yeah. So everybody think about that too. Don't be so harsh on the, on the people who ask you questions. Some yeah. of them will be judgy. Let's yeah. be honest. Some of them will be judgy, but right. not all of them. It's not always yeah. coming with that intent. So keep yeah. an open mind. And then we'll, co- we'll come back to um, the mental health aspect. Cause I think a lot yeah. of us struggle with that. And as South Asians, we don't talk about mental health and you're doing something different and you don't really have a support system. You have a support system, but it's a support system that doesn't understand what you're doing. The yeah. space, totally. So what totally. do you do? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, that's a super important point that you brought up because I was actually, we talk about this often. I think, and this goes for all, all dream chasers. I think the dream that you, at first that you start chasing, it's your, it's your passion. You love doing it. That's why you're chasing in the first place. But eventually, if you want to become serious about it, for most people, you end up turning that into some sort of business or product. It becomes a job more so than, than a hobby. Mm. And I think that's what, I mean, I talk about this with people all the time that like, I, I'm never happier than when I'm making music. Right. But I never want to lose that joy. I found at certain times over the past few months, just because now this became a business and the music became more than just an art form, became the primary deliverable, became the product. I found that at times, you know, I was just, I was making music just because I had to, I had Mm. to get on the deadline, right. I had to, to reach that deadline. And I think that honestly is when mentally your mental health suffers. I think when you, when you really start just going, when you see it as more of a job and less of a creative outlet or, or a dream, really, what it's meant to be, that's when you start suffering mentally. And so I think what I end up doing is it's hard. There's nothing concrete I really do. I think I just try and step back and realize, like, you know what, this is a privilege to be able to even you know, chase my dreams and do this. So let me just enjoy every moment. If it's ever getting too stressful, let me step away, put some time away from it. Cause it's more important than reaching that deadline. than getting that making that deadline is, you know, make sure that you're still loving every second of it. Cause it is your dream and you should love it. You deserve that. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's totally well said. I, I think uh, there's definitely the moments where, it can be easy to forget. But I think a lot of the times we are lucky that what we're doing and what we're trying to make work is, mm. is something we truly love. And, mm. and actually music is the go-to thing on my mind where, yeah. you know, if, if there's any sort of therapy that I do now, it, it right. actually is through music. It's through songwriting. It is, you know, that. And, and so I think to the point of mental health, it's interesting because obviously there's some stress that can be associated with the work we're doing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the work we're and doing also is also the thing that helps. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know, it, maybe it goes both ways, but uh, I, I think keeping perspective, which you were getting at, right. I'm lucky, right. I'm grateful for this. Um, this is, you know, a, a really special opportunity we have to even be attempting this um, yeah. and leaning in the way that we are. 
I think perspective is, yeah. really helps. I think that is both so important, right? Having perspective, right? Going to the thing that, that gives you relief, gives you joy, coming back yeah. to it. But keeping in mind that if it becomes the job, if, if you start feeling that way, that you need to yeah. take a step back until yeah. it becomes joyful again. Yes, and exactly. That's, I, I think that's the part we all struggle with because we never, we're never taught that. We're yes. never taught that. And I think, Philly, you were right. It's not a concrete thing. What works mm -hmm. one time may not work every time. Mm -mm. True. Right? Very it, true. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where just as uncertain as it is for you guys, it's going to be uncertain. But there's a joy in that uncertainty. Yeah. Right? We're so focused on the negative of what can be uncertain that we forget yeah. about the positive of what is uncertain. Completely. So, right? so, so much. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for all the people who are like, they started a record label, they got to do all this X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But what about A, B, and C, right? What happens <laughs> if A, B, and C work out? Then it's a good thing. And yeah. and I, I love that what you guys are doing. I love that you're making it a go, right? Because everything's a journey. Everything is not black and white. The world is gray. We're, we're a grayscale world. It's color yeah. here and there. And you guys are painting your own brush and painting your own vision, which is amazing and helping people along the way. So before I let you go, I got to ask a question of each of you as we, we, we always do. Hold on. Let's go. <laughs> it's time to be intentional. All right. It's time to be intentional about this guys. All so right. I'm going to ask each of you this one question. Take your turn. Whoever wants to go first can. What is something that a dream chaser can do today to chase their dream, to move them forward from where they were? Yeah, I, I think I got something. Um, I think re reach out for help, find support, reach out for that. I think mentors are the greatest thing that you can have when, when pursuing anything. I think we realized that, I mean, going back to James's point, what he said, there's a reason we, right from the start when we created this label, before anything else really, we were like, we're gonna need the whole community around us. We're gonna need a bunch of mentors that know way more than we do at, in this in this industry. We're gonna need all their industry know-how, all their knowledge in order for us to be successful. So I think the biggest thing, the first thing you should do, reach out to someone that you're, that you want to be a mentor, that you idolize, that you that you see as a great role model doing what you want to do, just set up a Zoom call. Just learn from them. Even if they're not even reachable, if you can't set up a Zoom call, look at their their social media, observe them, really learn from them and see what they're doing and and just try, yeah, just try and learn from them and, and go from there. Love it. Jim? I would say make a plan. Honestly, it, it sounds obvious, but I think especially if, you're in more of a creative area or you're, you're an artist of some sort. I think often a lot of people think that, you know, we've chosen music and because there's sort of all passion or sort of, there's no sort of strategic thinking behind when someone chooses the arts, you know, it's kind of, I think it's, it's often seen as sort of, um, you know, just sort of a, a, a real call of your heart or passion. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, 
how we went about this and how we continue to go about this. We were just doing it earlier for, for you know, thinking about our first quarter of this year and yeah. second quarter and third and fourth is very meticulously and, and strategically planning for how we are going to realize this dream. And I right. think that's such a huge thing for Dream Chasers is know that the dream's not going to be there probably. There's, I mean, some cases I'm sure that are different, but the dream's probably not going to be there at the end of year one. You know, and, mm-hmm. and or maybe not year two either. Or, you know, and, and I think that knowing that, again, we talked about it so much, but just being uh, prepared that the returns could be delayed, more delayed than you think yeah. or mm-hmm. want them to be, um, is a really, really key thing that you just need to learn early on. Think about what you can accomplish week by week, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year, and, you know, keep yourself feeling encouraged on that journey. I love it, guys. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know we, we, we went back and forth to try to make this happen. I'm glad we were able to, and I'm glad you Absolutely. were able to join yeah. us. I love you guys. I wish you nothing but the best with Outer Voice Records, individually, collectively. Any last words for these guys? Just we're so happy to be here and yeah. always happy to talk with you and um, yeah, just reflect in the way that you that you give us the opportunity to with your questions. I think Truly. it gives us yeah. as much perspective as we hope to give to anyone listening. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Truly. Of course. All right. Last thing. Uh, where can these guys find you on the socials? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's at Jam and Philly on all platforms. Philly's with two L. And then the label is at Outer Voice Records on all platforms. So pretty straightforward, but you'll find everything that we're up to there. That's right. There you have it, guys. That was Jam and Philly sharing their experiences, their ups, their downs, lessons learned as they started and co-founded Outer Voice Records. So exciting. I hope you got everything. There was a lot there. So feel free to listen to the episode again or check out the show notes over at amyj21.com slash episode 252. That's episode 252. All right, Dream Chasers. Until next time, remember, don't stop. Keep chasing. That's it for this episode. And now it's time for you to take action. You got this. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends. 